surprise. Ah, uh, yeah. What's up, everybody? Brian Song here for the Apple Bits XL. It is, I think it's episode 13. We wanted to throw an extra show in for you because there's just so much stuff happening with the aftermath of WWDC. I thought it'd be worthwhile. It also, I'm working my butt off for you guys. Uh, I'm independent. We already know that. And so if there's any way that you can support this show and I've given you value and can give some of that back, you can check it out at patreon.com slash Brian Tong. We'll get into the details later. But again, the show is also all about you all. So continue to please. We'd love to hear what you thought. Call in at 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. If you have any thoughts and after what happened at WWDC or just on Apple in general, corrections for me, that's where you call and that's how you be a part of this show. And we do have voicemails uh, this episode. So let's jump into this. I kind of like to consider this more of the aftermath of WWDC because so many things happen. They announced so many features, but there's also a lot of nuggets that come out. So what's always typical is Apple releases the developer betas for all the different hardware pieces that they have. So we have iOS 12, we have Watch OS 5, TV OS 12, Mac OS 10.14, which I've been able to put on my computer and I love it. I I, th- I think it was, to me, it was the most subtle kind of improvement, but the stuff that we're going to use a lot, I think people are going to really love it over time. But the biggest thing that came out of all these developer beta releases is in iOS 12 and specifically the iPad Pro. I know we didn't see any hardware. It was a bummer. I didn't expect to see hardware. It was still a bummer. But the iPad Pro, there's a lot of hints of how the iPad Pro is going to kind of be changing and evolving. So in the actual developer beta, it's been revealed that the iPad Pro will now support new gestures. And what are these gestures? These are gestures exactly like the ones to better match the iPhone 10, You can swipe down from the top right of the iPad to bring up your control center rather than swiping from the bottom. Um, you can swipe up from the dock to go to the home screen. It, they've actually, if this is the case, they've because they're eliminating the home button, they've now changed the gestures from the current iPad Pro and for future iPad Pros to more match the iPhone 10 and whatever the next iPhone X with true depth cameras are going to be called. The other thing about it is the iPad menu bar at the top has been redesigned as well. The reason why we know this is right now for anyone who owns an iPad, you'll have your different utilities uh, on the top. Typically on the left side, it'll show like the app you're working with. It'll show your Wi-Fi. In the top center, there will be the time. And then on the far right, you'll have some of your utilities like do not disturb, Bluetooth, battery, location services well guess what in this new beta on the ipad pro the time has been moved over to the left side i believe so the time no longer is in the center yeah it's on the left side which means we're most likely going to get a notch at the top of the ipad pro there's rumors that we would see a true depth camera There have been rumors from Ming-Chi Kuo that we would see Face ID on the new iPad Pros coming out this year. And all the indications from iOS 12 lead us to believe that is most definitely going to happen. So a lot of other hidden features have been revealed in iOS 12 as well. You always have those 
videos or breakdowns of 100 new features in iOS 12. Well, here's some of the big ones that matter. We know, I criticize it from the start, the iPhone 10 app switcher. Remember when you'd hold down on the screen and then you need to hold down a second time on the apps so that little red X button would appear and then you could swipe them to close them. Now, just like it was in earlier phones, in earlier iOSs, or just like on the iPhone 8, once you go into that app switcher mode, you can just swipe up individually on apps. You don't have to hold it and do that whole extra move. That's a big deal. It sounds silly, but they've fixed it. Also, Siri Voices. Um, There are new Siri Voice options for Irish and South African accents in both male and female. Also, Face ID will now support multiple faces. So in the Face ID settings, there's an option to set up an alternate appearance. Now, this may be aimed at people who need to drastically change their appearance or for people who want to unlock Face ID with more than just one face. So maybe your significant other, maybe some of your kids. If you want to kind of at least make it a family iPad, that that's possible, I guess. So that's an option there as well. There's other things where there is now um, different widgets that hold digital health kind of tracking that is going to be a, a widget available for you. They call it screen time, right? You have that in there. And then other things like you can turn on automatic software updates. Other things like there's messages shortcuts where if you have a contact card up, you can call or at least there's icons up top directly for audio, FaceTime, and then their info now where you can jump into a group FaceTime call as well. And then we have the notification groupings. There's options to customize that. Notifications, groupings, I forgot to mention it in my video. It shouldn't be a big deal because Android has been doing it for years. It's like a no-brainer, but yeah, it's a nice thing, but I'm not gonna celebrate it when it's taken them this long to do it. Like, that's 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 stupid to do. So you have a lot of tweaks there. Another really cool one is the ability to share passwords with AirDrop from iOS 12's new password management system. So that makes it pretty interesting as well. Um, If we talk about macOS Mojave, I'm loving using it. Whether you're using dark mode or not, I just think that macOS 10 Mojave, although it looks the same, it feels different when you use it. I love the quick look feature and be able to edit documents right on the spot. Stacks is a blessing for me personally. Um, I, I even like the subtlety of the wallpaper that changes depending on time of the day from like a day scene to a night scene. It's just a lot of things that add up. The more that I've used it, and I don't put the betas on my personal uh, phones and iPads, but with macOS, I just partition my hard drive, and then I put it on that other partition so I can play with it and mess around with it, and I'm loving it a lot. So that's really cool. I'm a big fan of macOS Mojave, and that's still a good Apple for me. Okay, also we have things like the... uh, Apple Watch, here's the thing. When we talk about betas and I said, don't put them on all your devices, Apple has pulled the Watch OS Beta 1 from the developer portal after reports that it bricked devices. We have a lot of people that are so anxious. They've got to put the latest developer beta on it right away. Okay, let's just say historically, if Apple's actual public release of iOS has been that buggy, why are you going to put a beta on your only like primary device, just because you got to try it out. I mean, I get it. There's product reviewers out there that have to do it, but don't don't put it on your primary stuff. 
it's they've literally pulled the beta off because of people have been reported that I my my watch OS five just bricked my Apple Watch. Good job, guys. Real smart. Also, another Apple Watch news. We've heard of the class action lawsuits about the uh, butterfly keyboard on the MacBook Pros. Uh, we've talked about that before, and of course. This is just, you're starting to see this historical pattern of how Apple deals with service issues. And it's really disconcerting as a loyal customer who spends hundreds or thousands of dollars on their products. This latest class action lawsuit is against Apple Watch for having defective displays that can spontaneously detach. This was filed out in, um, let's see, a file was complaint, the complaint was filed in Northern California's district court and alleges that Apple has sold millions of watches with a defect where the display could crack, shatter, or just detach from the body of the watch through no fault of the wearer. This is uh, this class action lawsuit includes the Series 1, the Series 2, and the Series 3. Uh, the complaint, though, is specifically the owner of the watch. This is Colorado resident Kenneth Skiaka. He has an Apple Series 2 Apple Watch Series 2, and we know that Apple outright said there was a certain group of them where uh, the battery could potentially swell and cause the screen to pop out. He has that, but he's filing a class action lawsuit for all Apple Watches. And I, I think the reason why I bring this up and I talk about the pattern that Apple has, look what happened with Bendgate. Look at with the iPhone 6. Look at what happened with the battery issues with Apple um, then having to come forward and saying we actually throttled him. Look at what's happening with the butterfly keyboard. There are thousands of complaints. Apple never addresses it publicly. They kind of wait till they have to do something. They do it in the background, but they don't want it to become public knowledge. And they, more than anything, they try and keep it as hush-hush as possible. I'm only going to bring this up also because I compare it to look at what happened with Samsung. Now, Samsung's phones were exploding. yes. It is different. They were actually exploding the batteries in the uh, Note 7. I believe it's the Note 7. So they had to publicly come out and address that. But look at what Apple has done. They aren't addressing, they don't even make a statement. They kind of keep it as quiet as possible. And now this is, what, three flagship products that have had, quite honestly, major issues that are worth addressing that Apple won't address. The only one that they've publicly came out about was the iPhone 6 and Bengate. And the only reason that came out, it was because it was revealed in the judge's, um, the Judge Co's notes as she was writing about it. So Apple didn't outright come and do that themselves. Judge Co is the one that brought that forward from her case notes. So if you expect more from Apple in regards to caring about their customers and actually doing right by them. I think their recent history, or I guess you could say history of the past three, four, five years has been really bad. And again, they're still very cocky about what they do. I love some of their products, not all of them, but this, but this attitude, this brashness of we're the best, we're the greatest, and then they're doing this behind the scenes and not owning up to it. There's, there's a disconnect there for me that I'm not a big fan of. All right, another Apple Watch story. This one's actually a good one. This is really cool. For all you fans that have an Amazon Echo, thir- this third-party app called um, Voice in a Can. 
allows you to use and run the special A word, the, the I don't want to say it, the Alex uh word on your Apple Watch from an actual complication, which means that all these different watch faces that have a complication, you could click on this voice in a can complication and then control your non-home kit smart home devices. So what is the why that's actually a good thing, right? Non-home kit smart home devices means compatibility with everything from the Amazon Echo family. Now you won't it has third-party app limitations, so you can't use it for things like playing music and podcasts and phone calls, but you can do things like set your nest thermostat. You can do things like turn on different lights. You can do things like open or unlock doors from your Apple Watch with this complication called voice in a can. It costs $199. It's from the Apple store. I have not purchased it yet because I just saw this story before we did this podcast. But that's that's really cool. That's a good Apple. I love that. All right, we're going to take a break to show some love to our sponsors, which are you. Thank you so much for continuing to support me and helping me get to the point where I can eventually do this a long term. I'm still building this up. It's patreon.com slash Brian Tong. You can sponsor the show for one as low as $1 a month. You can jump up if I'm giving you value to $5. We have $10, $25, and the $100 platinum levels. I, I'm so grateful for all the support, but check it out. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong, the way that you can support me as I'm completely independent and support not only this show, but the other work and videos that I'm doing on YouTube. It, it basically all goes in my pocket to keep the lights on and allow us to keep on doing this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so grateful for that. All right. You want to hear more about the stories? Did Apple actually sell hardware at WWDC? What do you, what is that answer for you? I mean, or did they announce any hardware? The answer is yes. Apple's only new hardware were iPhone cases and the Pride Edition Apple Watch band. <laughs> so for anyone that's complained, dude, I didn't see any hardware. I didn't see an air power mat. Apple announced new <laughs> uh, iPhone cases and the uh, new Pride Edition Apple Watch band, which is kind of a, uh, it's like that knitted nylon band. The original one looks way better. I have the original one because you got to represent Hawaii with the rainbows, baby. You got to represent Shaka, bra. All right. In other news, uh, this is a great story, a great scoop. You know, when I say that you are all part of this community and this show, my man, Matthew Wenslau from the Wenslau Law Group. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing his last name properly. He wanted to give me this little tip, um, and I'm going to read his note to me because it all comes together. This is from Matthew. He says, After waiting for air power since last year and reworking my internal network and hardware to accommodate Mac wireless charging devices, I was disappointed to not see air power in this week's WWDC event. I was wondering why it's taking so long. Maybe it's from the Apple Watch 3 charging system design, but it could also be a possible trademark intellectual property issue. I looked at an Apple trademark filing for AirPower and noticed a suspension on the mark because prior users may have rights to the name in that particular class of goods. I also noticed a few different marks, some from Apple and some not from Apple, trying to operate in that space. Interestingly, the suspension is based on another trademark called AirPower by applicant advanced access technologies 
which is embattled in the USPTO with the mark prior to that called Air 3Rs Power, now owned by Apple. And he also outright kind of admits he really was sending this more because he's frustrated and he wants the Air Power wireless charging pad. And Matthew's like, I wanted to find out maybe why it's delayed, but I still want that pad. Where's my air power, bro? A lot of people are asking that. Uh, also this week, AirPlay 2 is coming to the Sonos speaker line in July. If you haven't used the Sonos speaker line, it is amazing. Uh, right now, they do, or a majority of them, support the Alex A platform. I, I Next time, I'll turn off my echo so I can actually say the word, but then it might screw you guys up. So they made an announcement that Siri and AirPlay 2 officially will be coming in a free software update in July. It will be limited to the Sonos One, the Play 5, and Play Bass speakers. So they showed off this public demo of AirPlay in addition to support. You'll be able to control your music using Siri. Um, Also, they announced a new product called the Sonos Beam, which is like their new soundbar, more compact. It's uh, $399. It looks really cool. So they showed that off as well. And then some of their, you know, colored branded speakers. But this is really cool. Sonos finally bringing on AirPlay 2 after Apple again announced it the same week as WWDC after they first teased it a year ago. Or I guess you could say less than a year ago by like a week. I'll give them, I'll give them that. Also, AT&T. Raising the price of their grandfathered unlimited data plans to 45 bucks per month. They've been trying to push people off this as much as possible. They finally got me off of it because I got an Apple Watch with LTE. And boy, did my cell bill jump up way more than I thought, even though they said it wouldn't. And it did. And then I went and complained. I'm like, this is crap. But it is a little while ago, right? They bumped it up. I believe they went from 30 to 35 in February of 2006. Then in March of 2017, they went from 35 to 40. And now in June of 2018, sorry, March of 2017, right? So every year they're basically giving an increase. And then in June of 2018, they're going from 40 to 45. They said that AT&T has record levels of mobile data use that have led to the decision to increase the monthly cost of legacy data plans. Yeah, no surprise there, AT&T. Thanks for for the quote-unquote air quotes grandfathered plan that has just gone up 15 bucks in three years. That's a bad apple. You know it is. All right, let's go to our friends. We've got voicemails again to be a part of the show. You can call us at 1-833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. Love to hear from you. Love your contributions. Even if it's a question you have, give it to me. You know, this is this is a community show. All right, we first got a call from Jerry from H-Town. Hey, Brian, this is Jared Shoemaker in Houston, Texas. And I was really disappointed by WWDC because there was no hardware. I've been rolling my 2009 MacBook Pro ever since then. Made a couple of self-upgrades along the way to keep it rolling, but now... I'm starting grad school uh, MBA program in the fall, and I need a new laptop 
but I just can't decide which MacBook Pro to get. I want one that can last me another eight, eight, nine years, but I just feel like none of the options available right now are a great choice. Should I hang on and keep limping along my own nine MacBook Pro until the fall and wait for better uh, hardware to come along? Or, or should I pick one? Should I go with the 2015 15-inch MacBook Pro? I really don't know. Uh, what are your thoughts? Thanks. See, I love, this is how smart he is. The The model that I stopped at and I didn't upgrade after when I saw all that touch bar, touch bar crap, sorry if you own a touch bar, but you know it's not that great. I'm like, the 2015 MacBook Pro is my favorite model. It has all the ports that you need. It has Thunderbolt. It has, surprisingly enough, a standard USB. The only dongle um, I believe you need is a, a Ethernet dongle for it. Okay, fine. I'll get. I'll. I'll go with one dongle. I'm cool with that. But if you're looking, if you're in the market to buy a machine, and I hope it. I might have said Jared, but I said Jerry. I'm gonna flip a coin, and I'm gonna go with Jerry for now, or Jared, whatever. <laughs> uh, just I would wait it out because the reason, if you can wait out, if you're only doing word processing and maybe photos and surfing the internet and email, yeah, I know it's it is a little slower, but we're probably three months out from a new announcement of hardware. And the best part about that is the earlier versions of the MacBook Pros will go down in price. And that might be advantageous for you. I'm editing video now uh, on that mid MacBook Pro 2015. It can kind of handle 4K video, but kind of not. My iMac cannot, from 2011, cannot handle 4K video. So that's what I'm trying to get to you know, a new machine when they announce the new stuff. Maybe we'll see where I'm at. Um, I might have to sell some of my classic legacy awesome comics, but whatever, you do what you got to do. I can't sell my first appearance of Wolverine. That's like my crown jewel. <laughs> All you geeks and nerds know exactly what I'm talking about, but I would just wait. If you can wait, just wait. But if you're doing intensive graphic stuff, you might have to pull the trigger sooner rather than later. All right, next call coming up, our buddy Mike wants to talk about a little bit of Siri action. Hey, Brian, Mike from Puget Sound area. Love the show. Signed up to be a patron at the gold level. Great stuff. Hey, uh, I'm wholly with you on beating down on Siri. They're way behind. But given the fact that we all agree, you know, at least you and I, uh, we need to blow it up and start over, shouldn't Apple take a bit of time in light of all the issues that have come up with subliminal messages, setting off all of the voice assistants, especially the Amazon Echo rebroadcasting uh, a conversation to a contact because it misinterpreted as, as commands, background noise. I think Apple ought to address this before they move forward with Siri. Um, better it stay broken for a bit and stay safe in the end. Thoughts on that, Brian? Thanks. Cheers. Hey, Mike, I think you make a great point. You know, one of Apple's reasons that that lease, if we take their word for it, is that they care about our privacy and that has hampered the ability for them to evolve uh, from a standpoint of a voice assistant. Uh, I don't really believe that because if it's more, look, I don't think that their number one priority has even been, oh, let's make sure subliminal messages, messages on different frequencies, or 
keywords that might record a conversation don't happen. I I don't I quite honestly don't think that's necessarily even one of the top five, top ten things they're looking at as they're looking to improve it. They're probably like, yeah, we should make sure that doesn't happen. But are are people or have people been actively doing that from day one? No. But I they're already so behind. WWDC didn't make Siri smarter, but it did make it more useful with the whole shortcuts feature, which is really uh, them parlaying their acquisition of workflow that allows you to associate apps and functions and automate them. That's really what that is. So they put the onus on the developers to create the hooks for that platform to make it work and make Siri appear smarter. It's really better, but it's not smarter. And it still has a long ways to go. I'm I'm curious how much I'll actually use shortcuts. Uh, I'll have to wait and see. That's something that the verdict is out on shortcuts. But I think Apple should take their time because right now I just pray and hope that they're working on an amazing virtual assistant, not only for myself, but for their own benefit that can come at least somewhere. Like if you say the Google Assistant and the Amazon Echo are let's say nine out of 10 stars, Siri is swimming at around five. It's, it's, the gap is that big. So let's get it up to a seven at least. I think people will be happy about that. Let's get it up to a seven in the next year and a half or two. Uh, maybe they moved it up to a 5.56 but it, for shortcuts, but we'll see. All right, everybody, thank you so much for contributing for calling for writing in i just wanted to deliver you know wow it's almost been a 25 minute show just a little extra something something because there's always news that happens after wwdc so there you have it i'm independent you can support this show at patreon.com slash brian tong one more time and we always thank our platinum apples who are supporting the show at the 100 level amazing uh, but i also want to say thank you for everyone who five stars this review on iTunes, who subscribes to it, and everyone who supported me at every level, thank you. So, Platinum Apple shoutouts, Brandon Ledford, Taryn McKelvey from Stratos Wealth Partners, Gil Cabrera, Andy Halverson, and Wesley Frader, all friends of the show. Thank you so much. Uh, we will be back in effect next week. You got a bonus show this week. Lucky you. Lucky duckies. All right, take care. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Peace. Peace.